Okay, so uh, as you know, the topic title was a bit misleading because it is not about uh, Keter, Chachman, Bina. It is about halachic countings, but I figured it was, too, it was too good to pass up. Okay, so there are three times where the Torah talks about somebody counting. And it's always instructive to try to see, are they the same? Are there subtle differences? Contrast is always a good way of coming to an understanding. So let's just first look at the three times the Torah commands counting and try to see if there are differences and how they should play out. Okay, so one time is when a man or a woman has the condition called a zav or a zava. Okay, and they are in a period of tumah, and they have to count days to achieve a period of tire again. So I'm going to point out, we tend to think of this in modernity only in terms of husbands and wives, that a woman's counting until she can be together with her husband again. Obviously, at the time of the Beit HaMikdash, it had much broader ramifications, right? You want to go to the Beit HaMikdash, you want to eat from a karban, right? There'd be other reasons to count days beyond marital relations. Okay, so what does the Pazik say? Im tara mizova, if she becomes pure from her flow, from her discharge, v'safrala shivat yamim, she counts seven days, v'achar titar. Okay, so a woman counts seven days, and then she becomes tar, both quad of Eimigash and for her husband. Okay, we'll come back to this later. Okay, what's the second one, of course, what we're doing right now? We count from the second day of Pesach. Right, that's the day you bring the carpet Omer. We count seven full weeks to get to Shavuot. And again, there's going to be a lot of play made in this word Tmimot. Okay, obviously could have just said seven weeks. It says Tmimot. This means to be full or whole somehow. So that's an important word. Thirdly, we get to Shemitah. You count seven groups of seven years. Okay, so in theory, maybe did three things. Maybe we have three mitzvot of counting in the Torah, the counting of the Zava, the counting for Sviet Omer, and the counting for Yovo. Okay, before we start analyzing, what differences come to mind between how the three are phrased? Charlie? Anything, anything. Yeah. Okay, so Charlie's saying the units of time are different. Right, that is interesting. You have all three. Right, the Zava counts days, and for Shavuos, for Omer, we count weeks, and for Shemitah, we count years. That is an interesting point. Okay, Joey? Ah, very good. So maybe there's some significance to the singular versus the plural. And then how would it play out? Well, the Zava is obviously one woman counting, the Safrala. But then it's interesting, the Omer you have, Usvartem. Uh, Bento, where's your wine shirt? Oh, uh, yeah, I forgot. You're not a serious guy. Okay. So, Uspartem Lachem. What? It's too cold outside. Okay. Yeah. Tell that to Joe Gidalia. And you're wearing a full hood. Okay. Okay. So, Uspartem Lachem is in the plural, and Visafartem Lachem for Yovel is in the singular. So, maybe that's something to work off. Okay, so we'll look at uh, Joey's point in one second. Does anybody else have another difference? Okay, we have Charlie's interesting point, Joey's point. Yeah, Yona Bergman. Uh, interesting. You just thought of that? Yeah. Okay, very interesting. W- why do you say it doesn't need to always happen? I think you're right, but what do you mean by that? Ah, okay. It's not fixed in that sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. David Edwards, back from Westwood. Well, sometimes you don't have the, the, the actual science to make it 
Okay, so you guys are on to something, we'll come back to it. Okay, so let's start with Joey's point. Let's look at the Gemara Menachot. Which is exactly your point, right? What is being emphasized by the plural form? Well, how do we do Omer? Every single individual in Am Yisrael counts, right? So that's the plural. Everybody on an individualized level is being told, count the Omer. Okay, what about Yovel? So let's go to Tosos and Menachot. In singular. Why? So already we have one interesting difference. Maybe some mitzvot are incumbent upon every individual in Am Yisrael, and there's some things that are communal performance. We don't need everybody to count yovel years. We just need Beitin to do the count. Okay? But here's where things get really interesting, guys. Is that just a technical difference, or is that a much more essential difference? Again, what do we have now? Is it just a question of who counts? Every individual counts the Omer, only Beitin counts the Yovel years, or that reflects a much deeper difference at work. So Josh, I'll get to you in one second. Let's read a little bit more. Okay, and Tos is a little bit unsure about this. V'shema Beitin Sofrin Umavarchin Kamosha Anuvarchim Osiver Omer. Now I think this got really interesting, guys. What is Tos unsure about? Should Beitin make a bracha? Now, normally, what would making a bracha reflect? You'd make a bracha if the act is a mitzvah. So maybe this question of whether Beitin counts or individuals counts is not just a question of who counts, it's a question of the very content of what we're doing. Maybe somehow when Beitin counts, they are not doing it as a mitzvah fulfillment. And therefore, they wouldn't be making a bracha. Whereas when every individual counts, they're fulfilling a mitzvah, so we make a bracha. So we'll have to figure out what's going on in this Beitin count. Why would this Beitin count not potentially not be a bracha-related count? Josh Shapiro. So, um, question followed by another question. Ah, very good. So Josh says, wait, so shouldn't we ask about the third case? Right? Let us figure out, does a Zava make a bracha in her counting of clean days to get to her again? So we're going to look at it right now. That's the next question. If, if no, I would... I would then propose that maybe the counting here, it's, the question is whether the counting itself is inherently holy or whether it's functional. Oh, Josh up here is a natural born London. Excellent. Okay, so Josh is saying there's another model out there. What's the other model? Maybe I'm not counting because the counting is inherently mitzvah. I'm counting because it's just functional. There's a piece of information I need to know. Have the right amount of days passed. I'll give you a very simple example, guys. Let's try to follow it. Let's say, uh, who should we go with here? Let's go with, who's a real perm Jew here, guys? Michael, Michael Allen? Ah, no reason, there we go. Okay, no reason, the yeshiva capitalist who's decided he's going to Gemara all day. Okay, very interesting fellow. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. So no reason loves perm, but he just can't remember when perm is. Okay, so he asks Charlie, Charlie wins perm, and Charlie says, no, it's another 11 days. So he counts 11 days to get the perm. There's no question there. There's no mitzvah to count 11 days. It is just a way of him calculating when perm is. It is purely a functional calculation. So Josh is suggesting maybe that's what's going on here. If I say I don't make a bracha when I, when, sorry, if I say Beitin doesn't make a bracha for Yovel, what's Beitin doing when they count every year? They're not doing, there's no mitzvah to count. It's just that what we need to know when you always so the best way to know that is to count. Right? Is counting is purely this prep, preparatory functional 
perspective. So now, in second Charlie, Judge Shapiro, very good, good lumdus there. Okay, tell, you can tell, uh, tell your dad I said you had good lumdus today, okay? Maybe not as exciting as, you know, with some obscure text in medieval Jewish history, but not bad. Okay, so... Ah, there you go. Okay, Neil London. Okay, so uh, in any case, I've got that, guys. So maybe the real question is as follows. When is counting an independent value? It's a mitzvah in its own. When is counting a purely functional means of knowing a piece of information, and then it's not a mitzvah? Maybe what is Tosva saying? When every individual counts in the Omer... We're sure it's a mitzvah. But when Beitin counts for Shemitah, for Yovel, we're not so sure it's a mitzvah. Maybe it's just functional, and therefore there'd be no bracha. Okay, back to you, Josh. What else do you want to say? Josh, uh, Charlie. Um, if we say Beitin's count is not a mitzvah, it's simply functional, what are the content ramifications of what they actually do? Okay, so that's a good question. But one thing I'll say, at the very least, bracha would be the first thing to go. You make a bracha when you're doing a mitzvah. No, you, if it's not a mitzvah, it's just functional, you have to Okay, that's a very good question. We're going to come back. We're going to come back to your point. Okay, Noah. Um, to back to, to make a claim on uh, on whether spirit over is a mitzvah or not, I would say that it would be because we have we have a dinner to kill it where we say that the curve has to be set so that we know when Pesach is. We don't have like a baiting or a mitzvah to count every day between Pesach. Okay, great, great. So, to, but, but you know, at this point, we are arguing that spirit over is a mitzvah, and we're raising a doubt about sphera for Yovel. Right? We are assuming at this point that Sviyad Omer is a mitzvah. Okay? We're good? Okay, great. Now, Josh said, what about the third case? What about Zav and Zava? Okay, so let's keep reading Tosvot. The Gabi Zava Dichtiv Safra Lo Shayech Babracha. Now, you might think that's because of the functional argument. But let's see what Tosvot says. Lo Shayech Babracha. Kivin Shesoteret. It could be uprooted. Deichazya, if she sees blood again... Now this Tosas we're going to see could be read in two ways. What does it sound like Tosas is saying, guys? Why don't make a bracha on Zava? What are you afraid of? Yeah, what if she's clean for the first five days and sees blood on day six? Why is that a reason not to make a bracha? Ah, right. So wouldn't you guys say your gut reaction is we're trying to avoid bracha batal? Is that correct, guys? But wait, but if that's true... Here's where things get really interesting, Lumdish wise, guys. Okay, I'm really happy because this is, uh, you know, I often recycle shirkolis. This is the first time I gave this year, and I'm finding it really interesting. It might become part of the regular repertoire now. Just keep it in the freezer and take it out of here. Okay, so um, what do you have over here now? Maybe two different reasons not to make a bracha. What do we suggest before Josh Shapiro? Don't make a bracha for Yovel because the count is purely functional. What are we saying now with Zava? Maybe it is a mitzvah, but there's an external problem that we're afraid of. You never could tell what's going to happen with a woman's menstrual cycle. Maybe she'll bleed again. And therefore, we can't make the bracha because we're underconfident. So just to sum for a second, I, in theory, here's what emerges from Tosa and Menachot. Omer has no rice and said, Omer is a concrete mitzvah, make a bracha. Yovel, we're not sure if it's a concrete mitzvah, so Tosa's not sure what Beitin should do. Zava, the woman can't make a bracha because she's afraid of bracha batala. Josh. Um, so this also a little bit goes back to the question about Okay. But, but my Tosot saying that it where her, our deity Tosot that it would be a Bracha Levatala is assuming that the mitzvah is to count all seven Excellent, excellent, Josh Milstein. Counting one, counting excellent point. If each one is independent mitzvah, so then it can't be a Bracha Levatala. Yeah. Very good point. Okay. Yes, David Edwards. Just, David, just remember, David, you have three comments, so you're ready to use your second one. Are you sure you want to do it at 1219? <laughs> I, 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 I
<laughs> All right, live day, live. What? Oh, that was clever. Are you saying what? He's saying it's a means to an end. Who's he? Ah, so you want to say, even according to Tosu, the issue isn't really Brachla No, it's that you didn't successfully get to the point. It was stopped, it was stopped prematurely, so therefore everything is, everything is Batal because the entire purpose in general was to be able to count to the end of the cycle. Okay, so hold on for that for a little bit later. Okay, Avi. For the, on the seventh day, you mean? Yeah. Okay, interesting. Okay. So let's go to the Karen Ora. Karen Ora is one of my favorite achronim. It's Rabbi Yitzchak from Karlin. I know that uh, you think Karlin, you think that means he was Hasidic. You know, he, ha- he, happened, to be, he happened to be from Karlin. He was not actually Hasidic. It's like, it's a little bit like the Aruch HaShulchan. I don't know what city the Aruch HaShulchan is rabbi of. He was the rabbi of Novartic. So you think, oh my God, he was one of those Novartic Muslims. Right, but no, he happened to be the rabbi of Novartic. Okay, so the same thing here. The Karen Ora was from Karlin, but not collect, connected to the world of Karlin or Hasidim. One of the reasons I like him is he wrote Pirushim on the non-standard Masechtot. So it's always very helpful. Like Kudshim tends to not have so many Pirushim. Right, you're learning Bab there's no shortage of Pirushim. But you're learning Menachot, there might be a shortage. And then he often fills the bill. Okay, the Karen Ora. So that's what you have in the Karen Ora. Lomar, the Sfirat Yovel, Lo, here you are. Lo nemer la mitzvah la atzma la spar. It's not an her mitzvah. Ela iku la kvo azman la kadesh na rachamishim liyovel. Right, that's the exact idea. What's he claiming? It is only a means of knowing when yovel is going to be. Aval sfir da omer lo nemer sfir kmo la kadesh chayak shvuos. It's not just that I'll know when shvuos is. Ela chala sfir miyom v'chemet omer trufa ukenusach habracha. Even the way we count it, yom echad la omer. Now here's a question I've been wondering about for years. I don't have a good answer, but maybe one of you will solve for me today. And in Guru Rite of Ashkai, it's a nice mixture of Lumpus and Machshara. Okay, Most people try to explain the rationale for Sphere Homer. What's the standard way of doing so? Why do we count days? Because we're eagerly anticipating Matantar. Isn't that the standard? Right? But basically, what, do we, what is the Karenor basically asserting here? on a halachic level at least. That's not the way it works. It's not only a means of getting to Shavuos. In fact, even the count, if you think about it, how do we phrase the count? It is the third day, Omer. Arguably, what are we referencing? Not where we're going, where we're coming from, right? When was the carbon Omer? On the second day of Pesach, right? In theory, the count should be, there are 47 days left till... So even though I really like the idea that Omer is all about linking Yitzhiyam and Swami with Matan Torah, Omer is all about anticipation of this great day, I have to admit, halakhically, that doesn't seem to be what's happening. Right? We seem to be more counting from and treating each day as an independent value to count. So that's my question, like how the machshava and the halacha would work together there. In any case, for our purposes today, though, what's he arguing? Just like Josh Shapiro. What's happening in Omer? Independent mitzvah. What's happening in Yovel? Just functionally getting to... I'll take comments in one second. Okay, I just want to point out one more point of the Karen Ora. Okay, what about Zava? Now we're going to move in a different direction, guys. Go to the line that begins with Ode Heira. We're still in the Karen Ora. Ode Heira Tosos Besfirat Zava. The Katvot Lo Shagat Brachov the Soteret Minyana. That's the Tos we just saw. Ubevezeh Vadai Nirek Moshe Kasavnu. De'ein Hasfira Mitzvah La'atzma. 
So notice what he's doing. He doesn't think Zav is about Brach Levatala. What's Zav about once again? It's functional. It is not a mitzvah in its own right. It's just that you'll know that she was clean for seven days. And he's got a very interesting proof. That's a pretty strong proof. Guys, halakhically, a woman will check herself every day. She'll do a badika every day of seven days. But apparently, <laughs> you could do without it. What's apparently the halakha? As long as she checked herself day one and day seven, they kind of like envelope the time period. And if you're clean on day one and you're clean on day seven, you could basically say you're clean for the entire time period. And that works. So says the counter, if that works, what do you clearly see? Well, how could it be that there's a mitzvah to count? Then we shouldn't allow that. We can only allow that if it's really just the means of making sure she's clean for seven days. And then we feel good about it if she was clean on day one and on day seven. So I'll take comments right now, guys. But just realize where we are at this point. What happens in Omer? We count every day because... It's a mitzvah. Why are we unsure about Yovel? We're not sure if it's a mitzvah or just functional. Why does everyone agree the Zavah doesn't count? So here, it's a little bit tricky. Tosvos emphasize the possibility that we won't get through. It sounds like Brachla Vatala. The Karanara says, no, it's not about Brachla Vatala. It's just like your Yovel Svara. What's happening with women's counting? It's not a mitzvah to count. We just need to know that she has seven clean days. That's what's going on. Okay. Yoni Kurtz. I feel like for the thing where it's like, Yeah. I think it's like similar to Shabbos where like you can say like Hachanah Shabbat has like value on its own but at the same time it itself is still just kind of Shabbat but like I don't think it's mutually exclusive you can say both okay you want to say, like, when Effie Bluestein makes the chalent, it has religious value already. Well, that's actually because we eat it on Thursday night, so that's, uh, not a, not a good, that's actually not a good analogy. Okay, yeah, Charlie. Um, you might just disregard this report, but in response to the same question of spirit being misdemeanor. <laughs> I like that new category, the cute part category. Um, okay, <laughs> okay. Given that the Pasuk said the Sheva Shabbatot have to be Tamimo, you could say that Oh. You know, that's even better than a cute bird. Very good. You're saying, it, you're saying it, it's teaching you the value of process. All right, very good, Charlie. When you're a rabbi, it'll be great, Josh. Yeah. Also, does it support the Yeah, just realize one thing, and there's a topic of all this year. There's no place in Chumash where Shavuos is identified as Chag Matam Torah. It's identified as, or as an agricultural holiday. Right, you say he doesn't link it with whatever Shavuos. Okay, although you do have to look at the next Pasuk, Josh. Look at the next Pasuk in Chumash. Okay? All right, guys. Yeah, Zach. Okay. Very good. And then it's like obvious to us that it's we're going that our ice hole is seven weeks, and so that's why you say a part of it is you say that it, how many days you've been in the beginning. Okay. You say the weeks to, to signify okay, it's how like I saw how this time. 
Very good, very good. Guys, now look at Zach Mackerman. Have a nice safari. I don't know if you guys know this, but he came out of his sick bed to come here to, right now. Okay, he's like the, uh, he's the, he's the Willis Reed or the Kirk Gibson of Shirkali. If you don't get the references, look them up afterwards. Yeah, no reason. Did anybody get both references? Yes. Okay, great. Good. No reason. Ah, in a certain sense, you're saying if it's functional, we do that all the time. So why specifically have a verb for safra? That's a very good question. Okay, let's go on now. Okay, so let's go to the Minchas Chinuch. And the Minchas is going to make an interesting point. It's a little bit of a side point to our main topic here, but I think it, it works out very nicely. As you guys know, Rav Yosef Babad wrote a commentary on the Sefer Chinuch, which is way beyond the commentary. Most of it has nothing to do with the Sefer Chinuch. And it's really interesting analysis of every mitzvah in the Torah. It's really, if you want for like interesting halachic analysis, he asks very creative questions. Let's see what he does over here. Now, let's say for the sake of argument that Yovel is also a mitzvah. Okay, guys? Just for the sake of argument. Would it then play out differently than Omer? Okay? It could be there's a huge difference. Omer's a mitzvah, Yovel's not. What if they're both a mitzvah? Look what he does. Mitzvah zu mavur barambam kan very good. The eno mavur barambam mitzvah lim not shanim vagam shmitin. So he raises an interesting question. How does Omer play out with the duality? What's the duality of the Omer count? We count days and weeks. So he's kind of curious. Should we make a parallel? What would be the parallel if we did that for Yovel? It is the fourth year, uh, you know, three Shemitah cycles in four years. Right? Should we phrase it that way also? Should we have these like, larger units as well? That's not so clear. So that's the first question he raises. Uh, this is great, guys. This is not my topic at all, but I just can't resist. Torah Kohanim is the Sifra, the Lachik Midrash on Laker. Look what he says now. What's he, what does he mean, Eino So, thanks. Say about it. We live in a world where we have such easy access to every book. Here, imagine, isn't that interesting? He is, I don't know, in 1863 Galicia, somewhere in Poland. And guess what? There is no copy of the Sifra in his town. Right? It's pretty remarkable, right? The Minchas Chinuch says this a few times. Right? I would love to tell you, just, sorry, there's no Sifra within like 20 miles of here, and uh, I'll have to wait until someone comes through the Sifra to look it up. Okay, so just realize how much life has changed. Eino Tachat Yadike. I do not have, currently have access to this work. Okay. Fine. Okay, now let's skip down to. Here comes the interesting part, guys. What else might be a difference? One question he raised is would you have this dual count? Shemitah cycles plus years. The Nirida Yusofrim Ko Rosh Hashanah. Kumoshanu Sofrim Bechol Yom. The Kana Shanim Ekmo Yamim. Umitzvah Limnot. Now that's the question, guys. When would Beitin count? So what does he want to posit? If we make the parallel, when do we like to count Svir Omer? In the very beginning of the evening, right? So what would be the equivalent of the beginning of the evening? Let's count Rosh Hashanah. So maybe Rosh Hashanah is kind of the equivalent to Marv. Okay. Now let's see if that plays out. Ah, but remember, now that word comes back into play. How do we interpret the word tamimot? It should be whole. So what is one of making it whole? By counting early in the day. That gives it a wholeness. In fact, this has another implication. 
don't know if you guys ever realized this, but on Shavuot, we don't allow you to be makabal Yom Tov early. I don't know if some of your shows might want to do it. Like, this way the kids won't have to start so late. But you can't do it on Shavuot. I don't know why you can't. Because to me, mode means you have to let the 49th day go to the end. So also at the starting point, Tamimo teaches you, get, make it a whole day, start counting early in the game. One second. But obviously it does not say the word Tamimo regarding, regarding Yovel. Now look what he says on the last line. And this is a crucial halachic distinction, guys. You can really count all year. Rock. Now I think this is great, guys. If you understand this distinction, you understand Lomdish life. Right? Maybe everybody will say count Rosh Hashanah. But there's a big difference in why I'm counting Rosh Hashanah. What model is he setting up right now? Yeah, but what would that mean? There's nothing unique about this mitzvah that means it should be done early in the game. It's a generic Jewish value. What's the generic Jewish value? Don't be lazy. Be alacritous. Be eager to do mitzvahs. But think about it. That is very different than saying there's something in the internal quality of this mitzvah that's meant to be done early. Obviously, which would have much more halakhic weight? If it's internal to this mitzvah, right? It's reason about demon is not something that ruins anything. Okay, I'll give you a great example, guys. Uh, uh, ah, there we go. But even that, let's talk about Brito. This is also very interesting, guys. A little sociology. Okay, ah, another mentor. Ready for some Israeli sociology? Okay, you're going to tell me if this is a plus for Israelis or a negative for Israelis, okay? You have to tell you the difference. Guys, you ever notice that every single Brit in America is always like 7.30 in the morning? But then in Israel, you might be invited to a Brit meal at like 3 in the afternoon? You ever notice that? Okay, so that is true, right? I don't think... Has anyone ever, ever been invited to a Brit meal in America in the afternoon? Okay. Ah, um, oh, Dan uh, Belge! Uh, yeah, my, uh, my nephew's Ismila was in the afternoon. Mine was also... Really? Why? Because it was on so many dollars. Oh, that's no... Fast day is not fair. <laughs> Why, why was your nephew's in the afternoon? Uh, I don't know. It was in five dance, maybe five dance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dan, are, are, are you going to end up living in the five towns, Dan? Um, no, that's no, no, Flatbush. Why Flatbush? Because, um, yeah, I want to live in a certain community. Oh, wait. <laughs> wait when, when did that happen? <laughs> ah, that's why? Yeah, I want to live in a certain community. I want to like be. I want to like. Do you currently have a girlfriend in Asheville? No. Okay. Okay. All right. But that's your that's your plan. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So. In any. Okay. Okay. In any case, I'm not totally distracted. Give me where I was. Ah, here we go. So, but in Israel, you have it all the time. So you wonder, is it because, like, in America, like, people actually work, right? So you can't invite, you can't invite them to the breed, right? What do you have to do if you want people to come to your breed? We have to have it at 7.30 so that by 8.15 they can get their car and go to the work. But this is all right, so I'll, I'll leave the firm for a couple hours in the afternoon. What's the big deal? Okay, so, Vendor, is that a plus or a minus? Minus. Okay. Okay, here we go. Okay, so, yeah, Joey. What? Oh, oh, there you go, very from. Okay, but notice one thing, guys. So maybe all the Americans should say, Israelis, that's terrible, right? Surely you're chayv to do it as early as possible. What would the Israelis say? No, but there's nothing inherent about the Brit that it should be in the eighth, early eighth day. What would be the value of doing it early? Zrizim, guess what? Zrizim is not the only factor in the world. Zrizim sometimes can be put aside for other factors. 
what if I think more people will be able to come if I do it at 2 in the afternoon? So maybe at that point, I'm la- so notice again, I'm just highlighting the difference between doing something early because the generic value of this reason, or doing something that early because it's inherent to the mitzvah. So before comments, guys, what have we gotten from the minchat chinuch? The possibility that they're both a mitzvah, but they would play out differently. Why would they play out differently? Because only Omer would have the extra factor called Tmimot. And Tmimot could have various implications. One of the implications would be, is it important to do it as soon as possible? So now, should I count, should Beitim count on Rosh Hashanah? Well, if it had said Tmimot, it would be inherent to the mitzvah to do that. If it doesn't say Tmimot, okay, it'll be a nice fulfillment of his reason, but it wouldn't really be crucial. Okay, what a comment, Josh. Uh, interesting. Uh, no, we don't say that. That is interesting. Oh, I'll tell you why, actually. I've got as far why. Because when you start Shabbos earlier, you're not ending the sphere period. So when you take the 49th day and end it earlier, that isn't, meaning you're, you're bringing a day that's not part of the sphere. Yeah. To me, it was only by the weeks, not the days. Okay, so you're right. There's more to discuss there, but yeah. But the sphere is derisive, as man is there. Yeah, he only gave that cheer because he wanted to tell you not to sing the song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The second pasuk isn't really talking about, it's talking about the Korban, and it also is not talking about Yom, it's not really talking about the same situations here. And it doesn't even say anything about Shavuos there. So, I mean, so you're agreeing with the... What's the theory that it's... it's with the Karen Ora, that we're not, we're not at all counting to Shavuos. Right, like, although again, my Mahshava question does come back into play now. Yeah. Right, it does seem to a little bit fly in the face of how we understand Shavuos Omer from the Mahshava perspective. <laughs> Okay, we're all good so far, guys. Yeah, Joey. But for Yovel, we do have a, from like the fiftieth year. We do have a specific time that we're supposed to like blow the shofar and like and usher in that year. So yeah, like, wouldn't it follow that maybe in the other years we would also have a there, like there is a specific time? Okay, so you're doing something clever. I'm just not sure it's correct. You're right. We get to Yovel. There's something very specific. Blow shofar on Yom Kippur shall Yovel. But maybe counting to get to Yovel is different than the actual practice of Yovel itself. I'm not sure you could read back if Yovel's time specific. That means all the years counting up to it were time specific. I don't think it necessarily follows, right? Okay, we're all good. Okay, great. Let us move beyond the Minchas Chinuch and go to the, the next side of the page. Okay, let's do the Ramban first and do a surprise of Chizkuni. Okay. Now. The Rambans give one more argument to add to our analysis. Now, this is the Ramban on Chav Kimmel, so Saban on the Omer. Let's see what he's got about the carbon Omer. Okay, David Loran, you doing well? You, have, you pick up a good Hebrew word today? Uh, not yet. Okay. Any Yiddish word? Uh, no. All right. Okay. We're going to give you one very soon, okay? Here we go. V'tam v'svartam l'chem k'mo l'chatam l'chem she'etei svir v'lekikl kol echad v'echad. Again, what do we see in Omer? Everyone is obligated to do a mitzvah. She yimneb piv, counted by mouth. Viaskir cheshbono kasher kilbogenu. Now he makes a contrast. Ve'ain kan v'safrlo v'safrla. This is not true regarding. Who's that about? Zavin zava the zavin. Now look, here's a new argument, guys. What was the Karen Or's argument? That's not a chiv. You could really be yotze just counting doing bedika on day one and day seven. Look, here's a really interesting argument. Shahari imratsu omdim betumatam. Ah, uh, that is fascinating. What's his argument, guys? Uh, so this really fits something we've discussed many times. Right? I've argued that being in a state of Tumah is not a halachic disaster. And in theory, let's say you're just a single man, 
or a single woman living in Tveria, right? And you become Tame. And it's now November. Okay, so why is it not urgent at all to become Tahar? Let's say there's no issue of being with your husband, you're single. You have no plan to go to the Beit HaMikdash till Pesach time, right? You're not a Kohen and you're not eating Truma. So what could you say to yourself? Where's my urgency to become Tahar? I'll be a perfectly happy Jew being Tameh for the next three months, right? Can you still give Shear? Sure, give me a chazan for Shachris. Absolutely, what am I losing out? Right, I'll still run the Tzaka campaign. What's the big deal? So that's the interesting part about Tumba, that unless there's certain things you need to do, there really isn't an urgency to drop it. So, but what does the Ramban want to infer from that? Well, if there's no urgency to drop it, that means it's not a mitzvah, right? The mitzvah would indicate I better count so I could get this done, right? But I could just choose to say, no, I'm not really worrying about this till Pesach time. Everyone got that? So it's another argument towards the idea that Zav and Zava is not a mitzvah. Again, so that seems to be pretty much accepted, right? The Karanara said, after all, you could just do Badika day one and day seven. Says the Ramban, after all, you could choose to be omeid betumatam, right? So what is the counting all about? Ela shalo yishkechu. So what's, if he's really the Joshua Pierce for once again, what's the counting about with Zav and Zava? It's functional. Right? It's a good idea to count because then you'll be sure, oh, I have had seven clean days and I can go to the mikvah. Okay? Did someone have a hand up before? Yeah, Joey. I was going to say, maybe, maybe it is a small, like it's not a disaster, but you don't want to be Kamei in case you already go to the marketplace and then you would make the Kohen a Kabbalah Tumah. Ah, except for one thing. Okay, this is actually a very important thing to realize, guys, about Kohanim and Tumah. It's a classic mm-hmm. misnomer. Okay? Uh, we got a lot of Kohanim here. Joey Kaplan, you're going, no? Okay. Joey, of all those mysterious and sinister tumas lurking out there, which ones are of concern for you? Yeah, guys, realize this. If you have any other form of tumma, it is not usher for a Kohen to contract it. So if anyone ever writes a story where part of the story is someone calls out, Kohanim, leave the room, there's a dead Sheretz here. Right, what do you say to them? You're not hearts, correct. There's no such thing. Okay, Kohanim would not have to leave the room because there's a dead sheriff in the room. Right, or Kohanim, better be careful. I think there's a lot of novella going around here. Right, there's the, the only Tumah that is a difficulty for a Kohen is Tumat mate. Okay, that is the sole thing, right? Any other form of Tumah, there is no prohibition whatsoever. So, Joey, there are plenty of Tumahs that wouldn't be relevant to a Kohen in the market. Okay? Yeah, Dan? Um, is everyone already is to, um, has like this... Um, you want to know why it's a problem for Kohen since they're all Tumah already? Yeah, okay. Discuss it when you discuss uh, going to Harbayit, okay? When Rav Shames gives this year. Have you, did you go, does Hakotel go to Harbayit? Uh, no, it's like some do, but um, the official reading of Hakotel is uh, rather not. Okay, so I probably shouldn't say this over tape, but I will. Dan Bell just absolutely thrilled to be in Yeshiva Haraita. Okay, because we have better oatmeal for breakfast. He can go to Harbayit, and we celebrate Thanksgiving. He's just, uh, he's, living, he's living it up. He is just living it up here. Now, now we know why he transferred. That doesn't count? No, but she, we still pr- we promote it on some level. What? We, the collective Arita. Okay. What? The Rashiva doesn't address third person questions. Okay. Okay. All right, so let. Okay, so let's go to. Let's go to the last idea here. Okay, guys? So, so I think we're good? Okay, so it's a very, very brief summary. In Omer, what are we all convinced by, apparently? 
What, how does the Omer work? It is a real mitzvah for an individual, and we're going to make brachot. That's a no-brainer. Beitin, we seem to have a little bit of a debate about, right, guys? We're not sure where to play the Beitin. If Beitin is a mitzvah, and you are making brachot, what the Minchachinah suggests, it would halakhically play out differently because it lacks the term tmimot. So any halakh and sphere omer that is a function of tmimot, and there are others I didn't mention, wouldn't be applied necessarily to the Beitin. Okay, and that was debatable. With Zav and Zava, everyone seems to say we don't make a bracha, but we've had different kinds of arguments. What was the Ramban and Kevin Or argument? The Joshua Hero play argument. That with Zav and Zava, it's purely functional. Okay, however, Tosvot threw in that maybe it'll be messed up, and maybe Tosvot, we're not sure yet, maybe Tosvot's thinking more along the lines of bracha Okay? Now we get to the last part of this year. We'll see an excellent chiddish by two different achronim, and I want to give credit to where credit is due. There's a wonderful uh, boger of the yeshiva named Aaron Priven, who's now in Columbia. Uh, he's going to get married in June, and I am learning for his wedding with him. And when we we're discussing these issues, he told me about this meshachachma, so he should get some credit. Okay, so let's see the meshachachma. Tisbru chamishim yom. Okay, so which count is this? Svirdom. Ha'enyan. Ki svirahu b'chomakom achei mishuneh mizulato b'mechuvan. Why do I count? I count because this day is somehow... Mishunem Zulato, different than the others, than the rest. Okay, David Lorenz. Zulat means the other. You got that down? Okay, I'm asking 15 minutes, okay? Okay, so it's different from the other days. Meaning, why do I count? So let's say I'm Mendy Newmark, and I'm very disciplined about my diet. So I, or I'm Yitzchak Blau, and I'm not so disciplined about my diet. Okay, so I'm counting because it's a day I kept it. So I'd say, oh, this is my eighth day of intermittent fasting. I have kept it. So counting is a way of differentiating what's happening on this day from some other day, right? So Meshachach would like to say that's part of counting. Counting is taking note of how this day is different from some other day. Okay, we go. Vizeb, Vizav, Vizava. So why does that work out great with Zav and Zava, guys? Because what is the Zava taking note of? There are days that I bleed, but today is a day that I didn't bleed. So that's what the counting is doing there. The counting is taking note of how this day differs from other days. David Lorraine, what does Zulat mean? Good. Okay. V'zeb v'zav 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 He ki t'reb b'mechuvan sh'yom zetar v'lo ratanida v'chein v'zav exactly as guy said. I didn't see any blood. V'chein keri u'plita t'shechvat zera right? Nothing untoward happened these days. V'ayamil n'sprim b'mashem t'orim m'chuvan m'zlotam avob b'sheb v'shabatot but when it comes to Sfirat Omer What's the problem now? There's nothing about this day that makes it different. I'm not taking note of anything about the day. It's just a day. It's the 23rd day of the Omer, okay? That doesn't differ in any quality. What happens on that day does not differ from what happened on the 22nd day of the Omer or the 24th day of the Omer. So therefore, what must I be doing? Ah, so he's basically saying, don't, let's reverse the analysis here, guys. Let's start with Zav and then go to Omer. When is, and it really gets to Noah Rison's question, why would the Torah use the word Vesafar? So if it's Zav and Zava, we know what that word's doing. What's that word telling you? What's the verb Vesafar or Vesafra telling you? Take note that this is a day that's different than other days. Take note that it's a clean day. But since that's not what's happening in the Omer, so by default, what's the Torah telling you? Literally, Count. Ever see that? In Zav and Zav, the Torah is not telling you literally count. It's just telling. There for Safar, it just means take note, because there's something to take note of. But in Omer, where there's no differentiation, there's nothing to take note of, 
it must be the Torah simply wants me to enumerate the days, and therefore it's a mitzvah. Ah, but if that's true, what would emerge? What would emerge if that's really the differentiating factor, guys? Which side of the divide should Yovel fall out on? Yovel should be like Omer. Because again, there's nothing about the year that, oh, this is a year that's playing out differently. That I'm not taking note of how the year played out. I'm just counting. Right, so there the sphere should be just like Omer. But then he does something extremely clever. Okay, here we go. Ah, what about the following, guys? Okay, now, it says you're supposed to count seven weeks. But it also says, Tisperu Chamishim Yom. Okay, what's a little bit funny about that? We don't actually count day 50, right? We don't count day 50. Now, there are many, many answers to it. I'm not going to get into it right now. But let's see, according to Meshachach, what's going on. Look what he does. This is amazing. Sheyom Chamishim Hu Yom Tov Okay, what do you want to claim, guys? Ah, meaning what's happening day 50? We go back to the model of Zav and Zava. Right? Isn't that an interesting read? A very creative read. For 49 days, the Omer, we're not in the Zav and Zava model because the days are not really qualitatively different. Then we're just counting Bepet. But when we get to day 50, we're taking, oh, this is a really different day. We're going to bring a carbon Chagiga. We're going to make it a Yomtev day. So that's the count of day 50. The day 50 count is taking note of something. It is no longer the count of orally reciting what day it is. One last point, guys. Now, which question of Tosman is he talking about? The question, why does the Zavin Zava not make a bracha? So what does the Meshachim think? Tosman's youth in a factor that was not really necessary. Again, what factor did Tosos throw in? What did Tosos say? Zavin Zavin doesn't make a bracha because she might see and... Right, and then the count will be ruined. Says the Meshachat, you don't need any of that. What's the much simpler approach? Why does Zavin Zavin not make a bracha? Because she's not really commanded to count. She's just commanded to take note of seven days. Again, so this is go further along those lines that Zavin Zavin is not actually a mitzvah to count. And he wants to claim that how we interpret this safar depends on this issue. Are you noting the days being different than other days? Okay, if you get to find there's a little bit of a complex safar, we got the Meshavach down. Now, the note of Yehuda basically says the same thing. But before we get there, uh, and actually, let's look at the note of Yehuda quickly. Because he quotes something really interesting. Okay, now there's this fascinating phenomenon. I don't know why it is. How certain people get a title, other people don't get it. Right? So there's certain people in Jewish who got the title Hakadosh. You ever notice that? Like, as much as we love the Nitziv, no one seems to ever say the Nitziv HaKadosh. But, you know, the Ari got it, and uh, the Shla got it, and the Orachayim got it. Okay. What? Okay. There you go. So, uh, anyway, ask Rav Davidal first far why, uh, what, what are the criteria to get the HaKadosh status? Okay. okay. Uh, so let's go on here. Okay, so let's read in the Shla. The Shla is the Rav Yishaya Horitz, the Shnei Luchot Abrit. <laughs> no, no, it's too mean. Okay. No, no, I didn't even have a particularly good line. It was just going to be like a generic insult. Okay, here we go. Okay, so let's go. Okay, so says the no Okay. Now, this is an amazing sheet, guys. What does the Shla say? What should a woman do when she's counting her seven clean days? Timne b'cholyom v'tomar hayom yom echad. Now, nobody, as far as I know, nobody does this. But a, I shouldn't say that. Maybe there's somebody out there who does it. But what did the Shlah say? 
Every day the woman's getting out of her needle period, she'd say, today's my third clean day. Next day, today's my fourth clean day. I do want to emphasize one thing, though. Notice the shla did not say you make a bracha. So he's not so convinced. If he was really, really convinced, he probably would say make a bracha, right? Unless he thinks bracha matala problems. But he seems to think there's some mitzvah quality. Count days. Even a zava should count days. Now, look, the note of Yudah's response is really intriguing. It's kind of humorous. Okay. Omrani, Ah, Omrani, full stop. Hagon HaKadosh is that notice again? Who's the Shla? He's Kadosh. L'rov Kedushat Chasidato Because he is so pious Nitkayimbo What's fulfilled regarding him? Ohev Mitzvot Lo Yispa Mitzvot Now this is a play on words. Who knows what the original Pasuk is? Very good. How do you know that then? Okay. See, guys, Dan's deeper than you think, guys. Okay. okay, there you go. He's not just, you know, hanging around the old city looking for Asian women. There's, there's, much, there's much more going on there. Okay. Okay, so there's a Pasuk in Kohelet. Oev Kesef, Lo Yispa Kesef. What would that mean? If you love money, you're never satisfied, right? It's endless. Okay, which is a powerful idea. But of course, he, what do the rabbis do? They take them and play with them. So instead of Oiv Kesef, Lo Yispa Kesef, he says, Oiv Mitzvot, Lo Yispa Mitzvot. Okay, what's he getting at in context here, guys? It's almost like the Shla, he, what personality does he have? He can't resist more mitzvah opportunities. So he's taking something that really isn't a mitzvah. I'll, if it's not a mitzvah, I'll make it a mitzvah. Right, so guess what? It's a mitzvah to count days if you're a eater. Sorry, I thought the line was really interesting. Let's read a little bit more. Okay. That's what he wants to do. He just, his passion for mitzvot is leading him astray. At the end of the day, it's just not correct, guys. So, but I thought it was a very nice way of kind of uh, disagreeing with the shla, but giving him some nice praise in the, in the it's, it's a good way to criticize somebody, right? But I find something positive about them. Like, your mistake comes from a positive impulse. Okay, Shla, you just love mitzvot, but I am sorry to inform you, when a Zava counts days, that is simply not a mitzvah. Okay, what do you end up, Charlie? According to the Shla, that the Zava counting, it is a mitzvah, yes? Yeah. Would you be Yotze, let's say it should be actually held that way, in modern times with like the advent of these apps that women use to track their cycles? No, but isn't, would, couldn't you ask me the same question about Spirit, couldn't you ask me the same question about Spirit Omer? Perhaps we don't want we don't want you just to have like Homer Simpson show up on your smartphone. Right? We want you to actually count the day, right? So I think the answer would be no. Okay. Anybody else with a comment or question on this? Okay. We're going to see one last source, and then I'm going to uh, yeah. Dummy. Yeah. Although there's a paradox here, David. Right. Right. Are you going to tell me women are exempt from the mitzvah? Right. 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 Okay. Okay. So let's see. The, the one last source, guys, and we'll call it a day. Okay. Let's see the Chizkuni. Okay. Chizkuni is a nice parish on, um, on Chumash that you, it does not appear in the Mekor Kedolot, but does appear in the Tarkayim. Okay. Now, oh, one last Chumash question before we finish it up here, guys. Why would a parish appear in the Tarkayim and not in the Mekor Kedolot? Joey. Because uh, more Pshari did Joey's intelligent fellow. Okay, here we go, guys. Now, he says something, but it's not so clear what the svar is. And in fact, 
a man named Rav Chavel, who was a big time who lived in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and he put out a lot of svarim. I think he wasn't getting that many shilas in Milwaukee in the 1950s. So he had a lot of time to put out svarim. So he put out the chizkuni, and in his footnotes he says, I do not understand what the chizkuni means. But here we go. What does the chizkuni say? Since it's only one counting, right, not a dual counting, and it's taking place in Beitin, now it's not so clear, wait, why does that follow from the previous two statements? So what if it's, I'm only, let's say I'm not counting days and weeks, or I'm not counting years and Shemitah cycles. And so what if it's not an individual, it's Beitin? Why does it follow from that that there's no bracha. So one thing I've been discussing with a few of the Shanabet students is maybe, we'll have to do more research, guys. Maybe there's an idea that when mitzvot are done on a communal level, maybe that's not the place where you have bracha. So it's interesting to check. I admit, I didn't have a chance to really check it out. But I'll give you an example, guys. Kiddush HaChodesh is a communal mitzvah, right? Is there any bracha Beitin makes when they engage? I don't think so. I don't think Beitin makes a bracha on the endeavor of Kiddush HaChodesh. So maybe the Chizkuni's getting at that. Now again, I have to see if that's true, okay? Is it true? I'm trying to think if I can think of other counterexamples. Like, you have to check all the mitzvot that are only done on a communal level. Right, now, let me clarify so people are not confused. You might say to me, in shofar, only one guy makes the bracha. Why is that a bad example? What's happening when one guy blows shofar? Everybody is doing the mitzvah. It's just one is blowing for the rest of us. Right, so that is an individual mitzvah, even though only one person in Shul is doing it. But what if you have a mitzvah that's really only done on a Kal Yisrael level? Right, maybe those mitzvahs don't get bracha. Maybe that's what the Chizkudis get. Okay, we can take the last five questions and I'll sum it up. Yeah, David. When you're differentiating the dose for other dose with Shem, is there a bracha involved in that process at all? Ah, that's interesting. You're saying a vote in the Mikdash would be a good test case. When, when does a vote in the Mikdash have a bracha? Right, but there's a lot of avoda that's done on a collective level. That's very interesting. We have to look it up. I don't know if it. Yeah, Michael. Um, what about Ah, that's clever. But I still think since that that has a very individualized component to it, it might not be a test case. You're right. The middle level is interesting. Like when it's not dad and it's not the person himself. But there's a lot of individualized responsibility in that framework there. Okay, Noah. Megillah Esther? Yeah. But, okay, but again, why is it again, isn't that the same as Shofar? Meaning it's true that, that Yoni Kurtz is reading for all of us, but we all have an individual mitzvah to... But it's not just to hear, it's also to read and understand ourselves. Yeah, but I, once it's on an individual level, I think it's not really parallel to the Oval scenario. Yeah. I've heard that there are some opinions that say that Kriyat Torah on Shabbos is a Okay. Well, that gets to a huge question. The brachot that the Ola makes, what kind of brachot are they? What, what are those brachot doing exactly? That's a very interesting question, but not for us in a second. Good, Charlie. Who else had a guy here? No, good. Uh, yeah, David? You and Beitin judges a case. Yeah. Okay, so I have an interesting example, guys, what I was thinking of. When Beitin, uh, all the liberals in the room are like this, all the humanitarians in the room. When Beitin punishes somebody, in theory, they fulfill the mitzvah. They fulfill the mitzvah of uviarta ramiki bracha. Okay, why does Beitin not make a bracha? Actually, and the other reason they say it's not because it's communal. What if we say we don't make brachot on punishing people? Brachot are not, that's not a time to make a bracha. Okay, even if the person deserves the punishment, that is not something to celebrate. So there you have it. There you have a separate reason why. But you say, you're saying what about like a monetary court case where like no one's being punished, as it were. 
Okay. Maybe, maybe we, guys, we might have discovered some interesting we didn't know before. Maybe there really is such a rule that there are no brachot on communal uh, mitzvah. Yeah, Dan. I mean, there are some, I think, in Yom Tov, you say, and like, it's, it's only said by the chazen, and it's not said by like the rest of the community. And like right before the morning. Yeah, I don't get to right now. I don't think it's a good example, but it's, it's clever. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, Minyan. Minyan's not a food on the individual, but. Well, that's actually a huge machloket, right? Where Moshe Feinstein thinks individuals are chayv to down with the tzibur. The Amic Bracha thinks they're not chayv. Is it Rav Moshe uh, Look, it's not the simplest reading of the Shulchan Aruch, if that's your question. Okay, I'm not sure if we did like an achronim survey how the vote would, pl- would play out. No, because what is the, you remember what is the line of Shulchan Aruch's language? Uh, Any, uh, anyone know what does Shulchan Aruch say? Dan Belge. When he's talking about finding a minion, what verb does he use? Yishtadel. Very good. Very good. So I, Now, Ramosha tries to read Yishtadel as a chiv. That is a, that is a tough reading. Yishtadel does not sound like it's a chiv. So that's what you mean. But that doesn't mean that Ramosha is a dat Yeah. Maybe the Chanukah Tabayit of the Shul belongs to all the community? Yeah, but you're doing a beautiful thing. I'm not sure there's a mitzvah you're doing. Guys, guys, we need something that is communal but is a mitzvah. Like, let's say your shul, I don't know, has a beautiful event. I don't know what beautiful event they make up. I know, let's say they have a Dafyomi celebration for you, Shalmi Shkalim. So there's no proof that there's no bracha because celebrating your Shalmi Shkalim is a beautiful thing, but there's no mitzvah you're fulfilling. Right? So, of course, there's no bracha there. So you, so you have to be careful about the kids using. Uh, you're saying Ketivat Sivatar? I don't recall what we actually do in terms of bracha there. That's interesting. I don't recall you. Okay, very quick, guys. You know, I'll even skip the review because it's ready over one. Very quickly. JJ. Um, would, would another case maybe, maybe Hakel? Would that work or, or, yeah, uh, Hakel would be a good test case. We have to check if there's a bracha. Yeah, exactly. Eru might be changing the halachic status of something, but it's not a mitzvah to, uh, per se to have one. All right, we're good? All right, guys. Everybody have a wonderful Shabbat.